Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Thomas Big Spiders. So I sat down this morning. I had come up with several ideas for podcasts, and this just morphed into something totally different than what it was originally supposed to be. And I'm going to apologize in advance for it. But there's some things I need to get off my chest. There was a couple comments that I received last week that I wanted to address, and I thought that this would be a good time to do it. So as most of you know, at least I hope most of you know, I'm not big into bringing my personal life or the personal things about me into the podcast or my videos or whatever it may be. I kind of keep those things separate. And today we're going to talk a bit about why I do the Thomas Big Spider stuff, how I got into the Thomas Big Spider stuff, and hopefully folks will understand moving ahead what motivates me as far as the all the Tom's Big Spiders things are concerned. And basically what it's caused this is last week, obviously, I didn't produce a podcast. I went up here. I was going to do a podcast. I didn't feel like doing a podcast. I was going to come up with an excuse, and I'm not even going to come up with an excuse anymore. I woke up Sunday, went to the podcast, and decided I'm going to play Fortnite with my kids. We had a great time as a family. We've been playing a bit this week. I've played Fortnite for years. I'm terrible at it, but it's my guilty little pleasure when I get home from work or during the weekends. That's usually how I start my morning. And we had a blast. And you know what? I needed it. I did not feel like doing a podcast. And had I tried to do a podcast, it probably would have sucked because I just wasn't into it because I just wanted to spend some family time. And I had a couple folks, and I want to make this very, very clear. And I don't want this podcast to come off the wrong way because I I respect other people's ideas and opinions that are coming at me. I just want people to hear it from my point of view. I had several people over the last, the last time I missed a podcast as well get kind of grumpy with me because I didn't put up a podcast. And I think what happens is uh, folks really, really love the podcast. And I, that's, believe me, that's not lost on me. There have been times where I have gotten up on a Sunday morning. I either don't feel well. There's been a couple times I can tell you I, I felt terrible. I felt like crap. And times where I just didn't feel like sitting in front of the microphone up here by myself doing a podcast. And I thought about the folks who have told me this is like their big thing on Sunday. They look so forward to it. And I know what it's like to look forward to something. And I don't want to disappoint people. So I come up here and I do a podcast. And sometimes I feel like, you know what, despite the fact that I didn't feel like doing it, it came out great. And then there's other times I walk away going, I shouldn't have done that. That was garbage. And that's the way it's been for a long time now where... The days where I don't feel like doing it, I always push through because I like, A, I like the consistency. I like doing it weekly. Um, B, I don't want to disappoint people, but there's times where I kind of put my own needs aside to make sure that I'm not disappointing people. So I had somebody that messaged me on YouTube and asked if there was any way that I could let folks know when I'm not going to do a podcast. And there was somebody else that uh, posted, I hope you're not giving up on the podcast. You've missed two weeks now in the last, two, I guess, two months. I, there was one I thought I did and I went to post it and I didn't post it apparently and I didn't figure it out to like Thursday. So I'm like, the heck with it. We'll just skip that week and put it on next week. And somebody else was like, you know, I get really disappointed when I get up and there's no podcast. Listen, I get it, but I'm putting me first here. (laughs) Like here, and this is why today we're going to be talking a bit about how I got into the Thomas Big Spider stuff, my philosophy or my mindset around the Thomas Big Spider stuff and why stuff like this, although I get folks are well-meaning, they need to understand that this will be the type of stuff that eventually causes me to pull the plug on it. Because this is not a job to me. And if at any point this ever feels like a job, whether it be the videos, whether it be the podcast, and I'm going to be completely honest, the past several months, it started to feel like a job, <laughs> then I'm going to walk away. And I'm, that's not a threat. That's not the like, I love hearing that people, it does 
strike a chord when people are so disappointed when I miss one because I put these things together, I put them out there, and for me, it's like it's done, it's over. And then to hear folks when I don't put one up get that upset over it, it, it means a lot. I get that this people. I think it goes beyond the spiders for some people. I come, I become part of their week. I become part of, and I'm somebody that ritualizes a lot of things, like my entire morning routine, my weekend routine. I get it. I get very disappointed when something shakes up my routine. So I can believe me, I can appreciate that. But it's going to happen at times. So today I'm going to talk a bit. I know I've covered some of this stuff in like interviews. I think on other podcasts, and I've alluded to some of it and discussed some of it in different times during the podcast. But I think I'm going to put this all in one place. I'm not feeling great about it because I don't like this is supposed to be about spiders not about me and that's something I've always tried to maintain through YouTube through the website through the podcast that it's not supposed to be Tom Moran and it's it's funny because I get people Billy does all my recording obviously for YouTube and I get a lot of folks that are like you need that Billy on more you need that Billy on more and Billy agrees with me on this one the Tom's Big Spiders isn't about Tom and Billy yeah I'd like to think that our banter back and forth I mean we love each other we've been together for going on 30 years now I think we have great chemistry and I think people appreciate that and I do think it ropes some people in because they enjoy listening to the banter but it's never about us it's always about those spiders so uh, moving ahead what we're going to do today is just I'm going to see how far this goes hopefully it doesn't turn into or come across as some big vanity podcast it's not that at all I just really want people to appreciate how this started and where I'm coming from because I do think I'm very different in many ways than most of the folks out there that are doing YouTube videos and doing podcasts on my approach, on my philosophy, on my reason for doing it. So we're going to go back several years and we're going to cover the origin of Tom's Big Spiders here. And again, I apologize for people like, I really don't care. And then skip this one. I totally get it. Uh, for those of you that are just joining me, and I think this is part of it, I think we pick up new people all the time. And I think what happens is a lot of folks start with the newer podcasts. They don't get to the older ones where I probably explain some of this info, so they don't know this. So I figured it'd be a great place to just kind of get it off my chest. We'll see where it goes from here. And then if we don't get the spider content today, next week, I've got three podcasts already. The idea is already outlined, the notes for them, and we We'll get going on one of those. So basically, to go back several years ago, Billy and I, I've always loved creating stuff. I, When I was a senior in high school, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I went to art school for a bit, realized it wasn't for me, and I decided I wanted to write, so I started taking English classes. My goal was to eventually become an English teacher, and years ago, I decided I was going to take writing more seriously, so I set up a writing website. Long story short, I put up some of my artwork on the website. My artwork was more of a draw than my fiction, so I got some jobs illustrating. I got caught up in the small press, which is small press for both folks who don't know. It's just, you know, I don't want to say amateurish, but it's smaller folks publishing books, magazines, zines, things of that nature. And I started to kind of grow my reputation as an illustrator. Well, the goal was always to write and it didn't pan out because I was getting more illustration gigs. I was spending all the time on illustrating. There was no time to write. So Billy and I actually started doing our own publishing because I was, every time I turned around, I was doing something for somebody else. I wanted to do something I enjoyed. 
So I'm going to give you the super encapsulated version here. We published for a little while. The art I was taking, getting art jobs, paid art jobs from other people. I was doing art for my own publications. I was loving it for a while, and then I hit the wall. I started to burn out. I always said that I would only illustrate as long as it was fun, as long as I found joy in it, and it became a chore. It became a job. And the reason why I mention this is because we're going to get into it when we get to Thomas Big Spiders in a bit. But I got to the point where it was no longer fun. A lot of what I did was just perfunctory and I was my thing was always trying to improve with each picture and each illustration and it got to the point where it was like I would wake up Saturday, I would have 30 illustrations I had to get done. They took me a long time to do it so I started rushing things. People were like these look great. I thought they were horrible. And then it just came to a point it's like why am I doing this anymore? It was never, we weren't doing it to make big money because we were terrible at it. I'm a terrible businessman. I was taking, my big thing is like when we accept fiction, if I liked the story, I would get it even if I knew it wasn't something that would sell. And that's unfortunately not how publishing works. So we weren't making money. It was for the fun of it. I enjoyed doing, it. obviously you're selling things, but it was more to sell things to make money so we could put out more books. So long story short, after doing this for about 10 years, I was done. I didn't want to draw again. I put away all my art supplies. We stopped the publishing, and then suddenly I didn't have a creative outlet. I'm somebody that needs to be creating something at all times, whether it's writing, whether it's drawing, whether it's editing videos nowadays. I need to have something that I can focus my creative energy on or else I get very bored and kind of depressed at times. It's like I need something to keep my brain stimulated. So went through a little stretch where I was playing a lot of video games, like basically the whole weekend I play video games, but I'm like, I need something else. So Around the tail end of when we were publishing, I remember we had a some event, a weekend event where we're at an expo where you could go. It was Rock and Shock in Massachusetts, and we had a table there, and we were selling books. And I remember I used to bring a bunch of money to buy memorabilia, movies, and stuff. And I remember thinking, you know what? If I don't spend any money, I can buy more spiders. That was We were already that deep into it. And I think uh, at that time was when I started looking at uh, P. Muranus, the OBT, as getting my first sling. So around that time there, I was kind of realizing I was going to be out of publishing. I was doing all this research. I had like a notebook full of notes on tarantulas. I started doing computer files of it, you know, pulling up documents and typing the stuff out. I had all these notes and I wasn't sure what I was going to do for my next creative endeavor. So as it turns out, I was on Arachnoboards and I befriended somebody on Arachnoboards. We were kind of going back and forth in the messages. And he's like, hey, you know what I'm doing? I'm starting a blog. And I'm like, what is a blog? I had no idea what a blog was. Never heard of a, I've heard of a blog. It just never caught my attention as to even think what it was. And he's like, I'm just going to write about my daily interactions with my spiders. And I'm like, you know what? that could be kind of fun. So I looked it up and I went to WordPress and I'm like, what is it? What's a blog? And I look up a blog and WordPress was the big place to do blogs, set up a website, free website and decided I'll do a blog about tarantulas. It'll be a great creative endeavor, a way to just kind of get it out. Plus Billy was kind of probably getting sick of hearing everything that I learn when I find a new hobby and learn new stuff. Poor Billy and I go on walks and I talk all about it the entire time. And God bless her. She listens and sounds interested, but it must get exhausting. So I thought this would be a good way to give Billy a bit of a reprieve. It didn't obviously look where we are now, but at the time it sounded like a good idea. So I set up a website. We we're trying to come up with a name. It was Tom's Tarantulas. It was all, I forget what some of the names are. They were stupid. And then we did Tom's Big Spiders and we giggled. We thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was such a stupid, goofy name. And I went with it and I went, heck with it. It's Tom's Big Spiders. Nobody was ever going to see this thing anyway. So what would it matter? 
So I basically started off just kind of sharing some of it. The idea was to kind of share what I had been learning. I know from being a teacher how difficult good research can be. It's not it's a skill and not everybody is uh, immediately good at it. It's tough. I work with my kids a lot on how to, my kids, I mean my students, on how to properly research, how to identify biased information, misinformation. It's tough out there. The World Wide Web is full of crap. Like there is so much you can find any skewed, any topic you want to find and you'll find somebody that writes something that's completely false about it and puts it out there like it's real. So it's a, it's a difficult skill and I enjoy research. That's another thing. I like learning new things. I like finding, I'm always finding new hobbies because I, there's always so many new things to learn and kind of delve into. So this was one of the things I was obsessive about it. I wanted to share the info. I wanted to help people out. So I figured, you know what, worst case scenario, I do this website, a couple people find it and find some good information. And I think I've shared the story before that when I first put it up there, I was not expecting anybody to find it. And I forget which video, uh, the which article it was. It might have been the one about beginner species. But anyway, all of a sudden, it went from having like one person visit, which was probably me, to like two people visit. And I remember one night I'm sitting there and I'm like, I might have 20 visits tonight. It's, it's like picking up. And all of a sudden, it was 30 visits. And there was 40. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting all this traffic. And I walk into the other room and there's Billy on her computer and my kids on their Kindles, basically refreshing, trying to get me hits. It was the cutest thing ever. And I'm like, guys, come on, let's make this legit. But it's... As time went on, the fake hits that I was getting from my own family actually became real hits, and people started coming on and asking questions. And then suddenly it turned from being just a fun site to kind of get out, you know, my kind of work my creativity and create something and just kind of be able to talk about spiders to no one to I had an audience. And that was scary because then I realized anything I ever put on this site is going to be able to be cut and pasted, put on arachnoboards, put anywhere, and debated. So I needed to be on point with the things I was sharing. And that's where it really, I got really serious about the Thomas Big Spider stuff and realized if I'm putting something up there, if I'm disagreeing with something that's commonly held is true, I better be able to back it up. So that was kind of a turning point for me where it became a little less fun and whimsical and, oh, here's my spider just molted. And this is what I learned today to starting to focus more on care. So at that point, it became let me say, this is what I've researched. This is what I've learned. This is what's currently working for me. And that's the recipe I've used all the way through that I don't talk about things that I don't have experience with. If people ask me something about a species I don't have, I can share with them. This is how I would keep it, but I do not keep it. You really need to go to somebody who has the experience with it. So the website took off. It was the neatest thing ever because again, this I stumbled into this stuff. I did not, and I think this is the part that needs to be kind of taken away from this. I never set out to be, uh, I hate the term, like a social media influencer or content creator or whatever lame name they come out with this stuff nowadays. That's not what I'm about. I'm a teacher. I enjoy creating. I enjoy writing. And it was an outlet for me. That's it. There was never, and there has never been a point where it's like, I'm doing this because I want to be a quote unquote famous influencer. Nothing like that. It's just all that. Just it, it, apparently, whatever I was doing caught on with some folks, and I've been able to get an audience out of it. So, Fast forward a bit, we're doing the website, it's picking up, I'm enjoying it, I'm writing articles, it's satisfying that creative itch that I missed from doing writing and then illustration work, and then we get to YouTube. Now, I'm going to be completely honest, 
I thought that YouTube was pretty much a cesspool of misinformation, and I thought most of the people that do YouTube videos, and this is back then, although I, if I'm being honest, it's kind of nowadays too, but most of them are just a bunch of folks looking for attention. They'll do anything. You get these clickbaity topics. Remember looking for tarantula information on YouTube and be like, this place is a gutter for tarantula information because everybody is poking, prodding things, doing things wrong, keeping them incorrectly, showing them how vicious, how nasty they are, and it made me sick. I hated it, and I know I, I spent a a lot of time on arachnoboards back in the day, mostly just kind of sitting in the background and reading stuff. But I remember how loathed YouTube was as a source. When somebody would come on here and they'd go, where'd you get that information from? And they'd go YouTube and people would be like, oh my God, you don't get tarantula information from YouTube. Now, obviously there were a couple folks out there at the time that were doing pretty good videos and had been doing it for a while. Like many folks back then that if you're watching YouTube, you watch probably John 3800, Tarantula Guy. I enjoyed those. But after a while, when I started doing my own research, I saw some things that I would do differently. But that, like many folks, you start off, you go to YouTube, you find this stuff. And then as you learn more about it, you start to pick out the ones that honestly nobody should be listening to. So I didn't want, I, I wanted nothing to do with that. I, my first video I posted up was actually in January of 2014, so we're going on 10 years, which I honestly can't believe, and it was one of my, fem- I picked up two P. Murinus, they were sub-adults, I think juvenile, they were like three and a half inches or so, it was supposed to be a female and a male, and I got them from a company that's no longer around because I'm pretty sure they were shady as heck, and I'm pretty sure these were wild caught, and they basically never settled in very well, they were your typical vicious P. Murinus, and I basically had shots of my female that was out one morning when I got up. I used to have my closet was in the tarantula room in my old house. The tarantula room was actually a bedroom that we couldn't use because it was also a the only way to get to the laundry room and the garage. So it was like a place people would walk through. So how the heck could you have a bedroom in there? So I used the closet for my clothes and I get up in the morning, turn on the lights and I caught this one out and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's slapping. I've never seen a tarantula threat pose like this. And this one was slapping fangs out. So I got some really cruddy video footage of her on my phone. I think it was a flip phone at the time. And I posted up on YouTube more just to have a place so I could show people that, hey, here's one of my spiders acting up. And I thought it was like the coolest thing at the time. And that was the first video that I ever posted on YouTube. It's still up there. It's terrible. It's awful. It's not what I like to show OBTs acting like, quite frankly, because again, this is early on when I was still believing the hype about this particular species. But anyway, that's how I started off. And it was only for personal use. I was putting it up there to show friends, like some people like, oh, here's one of my spiders, this fiery orange one. I showed family members. That was about it. And then after I put that one up, for a while, my favorite thing to do was little mini feeding videos. So I get one species that was eating, record it, throw some heavy metal music in the background to cover up the fact that usually my family was talking and we were, it was a very noisy household. And I put those up again, more just because I enjoyed watching my own video. Like I, I liked watching the feeding videos. It was kind of cool. And I figured, yeah, maybe if somebody sees these, whatever, I got a couple people that liked them, a couple people that didn't like them, whatever. It was just kind of fun. And I enjoyed kind of collecting some of those clips up there to watch myself. So that was it. There was no, there was never a point where I sat down and went, I'm going to be a quote unquote YouTuber. I'm going to be a pet tuber. I'm going to be a content creator. Again, kind of stumbled into this because then what ended up happening is as I was working on my website, I started realizing one of the big issues people were having with their spiders or one of the big causes of stress and anxiety were rehousings. People were scrambling, like, how do I rehouse? Do I pick the spider up? Do I do this? So as I started writing articles, I would also take the spider, do a rehousing, 
and record it. And at that time, it was usually my daughter, Sid, or my son, Roan, that would do the actual recording. I didn't have Billy doing it, number one, because I was kind of embarrassed to talk in front of her. I was still considered all this stuff to be incredibly geeky. And although I know she loves me to death and appreciates that I'm a big geek, it was just a step too far for me. It was like embarrassing. And number two, I knew that they had Tarantula Guy out there. He and his wife did it. And I didn't want to look like, hey, look it, I'm trying to emulate them. So I figured I'll have my kids do it. And they did a very, very good job for a while they were doing it. But at that point, what I would do is I'd write an article, say, about for Mictopus, and then I'd be like, here is a video that I would basically use the video to put a link, put the video, embed it in the article so folks that are reading it could then read how to care for them, how I was keeping them, and then go down and watch, hopefully, a rather drama-free rehousing. So again, it wasn't, if anybody reads, I think it's still up there, my original bio for my YouTube channel wasn't, hey, this is Tom's YouTube channel. It's, I'm using this as kind of a companion, so to speak, to the actual website. That was my bread and butter. The videos were more to just support that because, again, good teaching, you, you're you going to involve visuals. You want to demonstrate and show people. So it's one thing to sit there and go, hey, rehousing can be easy. Take a cup, slide a piece of cardboard under the spider and move it. Now if you show them and you show them that you're doing it with species that most people are kind of afraid of or at least anxious about, that's helpful. That's Somebody can see a positive example of a rehousing and feel better about doing it themselves. So that's how the whole rehousing thing, I believe the first actual true rehousing video I did was in February of 2015. I did a rehousing with my Acanthoscuria. At the time, it was called Brocklehurst. We realized later on it was just a different uh, version of A. geniculata. But again, my kids would hold the phone. I believe Sid held it on this one because I was too embarrassed to ask Billy. And we did our first rehousing video. And it went very well, very quickly. You can see I'm a little bit tentative in it because, again, still new to having it recorded. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I want to show this can be easy. What if this spider goes nuts? And that's how it all started with the rehousing videos, which have obviously, if anybody's spent time on my channel at all, that's the majority of what I do. I don't like riling spiders up to get shots of them unnecessarily. I wait till I do a rehousing because then I can show what I'm rehousing them into, talk about what I had them in, what I'm putting them in, talk about all the care, and get some shots of the spider while it's already obviously getting disturbed being rehoused. So that was the first one. February 2015 was the first rehousing one. But then after doing some rehousing videos, videos, I had some folks contact me and go, hey, did you ever think about doing like husbandry videos on YouTube? A lot of folks who do husbandry and I like the way you do your articles. You seem to be very thorough. It'd be neat to have something like that on YouTube as well. And at the same time, Sid was kind of giving me the push that, you know, you need to take the YouTube thing more seriously. I got a few... I think at this point I had like 50 followers, which to me was huge. Like I couldn't believe anybody would follow me. I was, again, this was just something I was doing on the side to support the website. But Sid convinced me maybe to take it a little more seriously. So I decided finally, you know what, maybe it's time to move away from just doing the rehousings and to try a husbandry video. So my first husbandry video was on Panthabedius species Duran. It was on October 4th. 2015. It's terrible. I went back and watched it. It's so cringy. My older stuff is so bad because I, I was so embarrassed to be talking behind the camera. It was a totally new thing for me. I, it was uncomfortable. It was awkward. There are a lot of ums. I, I pride myself. I speak a lot at meetings and in school, obviously, when I teach, I try to be as articulate as possible and limit the ums and the placeholders. And it was like, 
they were coming out in full force during these videos. So the first one, like my early videos, I would take the enclosure, I would open it up. Sometimes it'd be a spider there. Sometimes it would be hidden. And I would just hold the camera and talk. It was, there was no Tom in the video. There was no introduction. There was no outro. It was just, hey, here's my Pamphibedia species Duran. This is how I kept them. The information was a bit incomplete because I was holding the camera the whole time. I never talked with any notes. It was all in my head. So I just try to run through everything and remember it. And then after I was done, I would always go back and be like, oh, I forgot this, this, and this. So at that point, I realized I could put notes in there, hence where the notes came from as far as the channel is concerned, which I think is kind of my trademark now as far as giving people not only the audio, they can listen to it, the people that get their information by listening have the listening, but people that are more visual have the notes there, they can pause it, take down notes or whatever. So that's where the notes came from. It was all the stuff I was forgetting because I was going in and just speaking off the top of my head. So we started putting notes in. So that's how the YouTube channel kind of formed. And then from then on, it was all about just kind of polishing it a bit. It's still not, anybody that watches my stuff now isn't the most polished YouTube channel out there. I don't have the best audio. I don't have the best visuals. What I do think I have is the best information out there. So that's kind of how I made my transition into taking YouTube more seriously. And I will say the results were there because I've, it's, I've been the little channel that could because I don't, I never really had a video go viral. A lot of folks will have that one video that puts them over the top and they get a bunch of subscribers and I've never really had that happen. A lot of it's just that slow, either word of mouth or that slow building. I pick up people here and there. I just had somebody yesterday. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been into tarantulas for a few years now. I've never heard of you, which is great because it means there's still folks out there that haven't discovered what I've got. And I think the ones that, especially the ones that discover me that have spent a little while in the hobby, appreciate what I do even more. The new folks, they're still watching channels out there. They'll go, oh, I love your channel. As a matter of fact, you, and they'll name off like two or three other people that I think are absolutely terrible for the hobby and don't aren't in it for the hobby and don't give the best information. I just kind of got to go, thank you. I'm in great company there, even though I'm cringing inside. That I, I love the new people though, because what ends up happening is a lot of these guys stick with me for a while, which is great. And then later on, I get the thing where, yeah, when I first started watching, I was watching you and these two other YouTubers and now I've stopped watching them because I realized they're just doing it for the money or they're advertising stuff or they're selling something every two seconds. And I love that because that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm about. So yes, YouTube picked up and then we fast forward a bit to late. It was originally late 2017 that I was talking with my brother and I, and I've shared the story before. We love horror movies. We always talk about horror movies and we get very silly when we talk about horror movies and it's kind of entertaining. So people that have been around us when we're talking about them are like, you guys should do a podcast or talk about these. So we started talking about doing a podcast about horror movies. So I picked up a crappy, I think it was like a $20 microphone on Amazon. I started doing research. Again, it was a new avenue. I was like, let's see what these podcasts are. I honestly never listened to podcasts before I started doing a podcast. I really don't listen to a lot of podcasts as it is. I here and there, I'll pick one up, but it's, I'm just, I listen to me. If I'm list, if I'm working or driving, I don't want somebody talking. I want music. I'm a music person. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. And I started listening to some, seeing what they were about. And I'm like, all right, let me try to find out how to do this. So I read about some play, like where do you host a podcast? I figured out how that whole thing worked. I picked up, I, I set up an account, 
I think it was a free account at the time, and I recorded two episodes to just kind of try it out. It's like, you know, we'll just try it with the spider stuff until my brother and I can get together and make this work. And I think at that time, his computer crapped the bed, and he didn't have a computer to work with, and we couldn't figure out how to touch base and do this with any sort of regularity. So I just said, you know what, I'll, I'll play around with this with the spider stuff and see what happens. So we did the first podcast. I put it up. I said, hey, I'm trying this out. And my thing at the time was I didn't think this would last a year. As a matter of fact, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't think it would last six months. I planned on putting a couple out there, seeing if there was any you know, type of audience for it, if anybody would listen. If not, just kind of letting it fizzle out. Well, to my surprise, there was an audience for it. And I started to recognize very early on that this was more... My, I was better at the long format than the videos, or at least I think that's where I'm able to really break down. I'm obsessive when I like to explain something. I like to cover every angle, answer every question. And when you're doing a 10, 15, 30 minute video, there's still never enough time in my opinion to get all the information I'd like to get. With the podcast, I just sit down and talk. I could come sit down with notes and go off and have these sessions where I can just feel like I'm talking to somebody about a topic. It was comfortable and the response was fantastic. Like immediately I was watching the numbers and I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not one that sits there and obsesses because I have no, and we'll get to this in a moment, I'm not doing this for money. I don't care if, if people suddenly stop listening to me, I just leave. That's it because I'm not, I don't have to pay my bills. I'm not trying to grow the channel to get more money or more advertising or get free stuff. It's just for fun. So it was neat to go and check and go, oh my gosh, I had 10 people that listened to the first episode. And then the second one came out. I had 100 people. And then it just kept going up from there. So now I have a, a fairly good audience, which is kind of stressful, It's which has led us to this whole discussion here because it's it has found, uh, I have found a following in the podcast. And what I've realized, what's different from YouTube with the long form podcast format is people really, really look forward to these things coming out. I can't tell you how many folks I've had tell me that they this is their thing to listen to, that like get them through that terrible Monday morning where they're going back to work during their commute. They put on the Thomas Big Spiders podcast. There's people that listen to it at work when they're doing boring stuff. There's people that do it when they're feeding. They put it on when they're doing feeding their tarantulas. I've had folks tell me that they are having, you know, they're struggling with their mental health or depression or things going on in their life and that this is the one constant they have. I even had one person tell me once that they were very close to checking out and they remembered my podcast was on the next day. And that, that believe me, I take that stuff to heart. And that's in the back of my mind on those Sunday mornings where I wake up and go, I don't feel like doing this today. So the reason why I'm explaining all this, the podcast definitely is becoming, I've mentioned this before, my go-to as far as just being the most, I mean, as far as, you know, work and preparation are concerned, the podcast is fairly easy because I'll just explain my routine. It's usually that I'll get, a, sometimes I'll get an idea during the course of the week. Sometimes it's Saturday night, we're sitting there, I get an idea. And what I do is I have a little Chromebook, whip out my Chromebook while we're watching TV, probably UFC or something, and I start taking notes down for it. And then the next morning, Sunday morning, I get up, I go up to, I have my morning ritual, I'll play some video games, have my coffee, have breakfast, and then around 
30 or so, I wander up and start to prepare for it. So we get the notes up. I finish up the notes. I get my recording situation all set up, and then I record the podcast. And although it probably sounds like I kill this in one shot, there are many times where I have to stop because something's going on in the background or I screw up and have to reset. So the average podcast, if it's 50 minutes or so, takes me around two hours to do the notes and record, which isn't bad at all when compared to the videos, which... Between doing the notes, setting up, having Billy come up, record it, then recording my intro, outro, loading them up into my computer, doing the editing, everything else, it can take several hours to put together a video. The one we did yesterday was actually a quick one. That one from start to finish, it was about three hours. Then usually at that point, I sit down as I'm doing recording the video and waiting for it to render or whatever or upload. I go over to YouTube and that's when I answer all my comments because I do try to answer every single comment that comes my way. So it can take one of the longer videos. We're talking days sometimes. We're talking sometimes 12 hours to do all the editing, to add the notes, to put the whole thing together, the whole shebang. So it takes time. It's a lot of time time out of my weekend. It's a lot of time away from working with my spiders, which let's call it as it is. This hasn't come up during this entire podcast. The reason I do this is I enjoy working with spiders. I love working with these things. I love feeding them. I love taking care of them. I'm watching when they molt, doing the rehousings. This all adds a bunch of extra stuff to just the regular enjoyment of the hobby. For those of you out there that just keep tarantulas and that's all you have to do. I envy you in a way because I think sometimes I get pulled away from the really fun part of the hobby, which is actually working with the spiders. So sometimes that's when you have like there was one week, uh, several weeks back where I had to feed and I went to do my podcast. I'm like, you know what? I don't have time to do a podcast right now. I have feeding to do. I have to make sure the water dishes are full. So I put it aside for that. So it takes time to do this stuff. A lot of time, a lot of time out of my weekend and a lot of time up here sequestered in the room. I think I've mentioned this before. When I do the podcast, I'm up here in the tarantula room by myself all Sunday morning while my family's downstairs. I can hear them now. When I do videos, I'm up here. The One Saturday, a couple weeks ago, I was up here from about 8.30 to about 6 o'clock in the evening, working the entire time away from my family. It's not like the old days where my computer was in my living room. I love that because everybody was around me. It just made for terrible recordings from the podcast. I, I like that I can do the podcast up here and be by myself, but I do miss having everybody around me while I work. So you may be asking yourself, why are you bringing this all? Well, I'm trying to explain how I kind of stumbled all into this. I am not your typical person that does social media. And this isn't, I don't want this to be taken as a slam. I think some of them suck, quite frankly. I think some are terrible human beings. I think some of them are just in it for themselves, narcissistic. There are some good people out there that do it, and I'm never going to get into the who's who as far as who I think is good, who I think is garbage. It's not what it's about. It's not my. It's not a place for me to do it. But believe me, I have people I look at and go, "This guy has got it, his heart in the right place." And then the other ones, I'm like, "If it wasn't spiders, it would be something else." They don't care about the spiders. It's about the money. It's about selling merchandise. It's about making a buck. And that problem is that's never been how I approach this. And the reason why I'm explaining this from you know beginning to end is so you can see it's never changed. When it started with the website, I want. I wanted a creative outlet and I enjoy teaching. When it came to the videos, I wanted a creative outlet. Now I start to learn video editing, which was fun. I'm not, am I great at it? No. Have I learned a lot of things? Yeah, it's been fantastic. I do some really cool stuff. 
the podcast, again, it's about just being able to share what I've discovered with the tarantula hobby to people who want to hear it, for folks who enjoy hearing about it, for folks who want to learn. That's what it's there for. It's not about promoting, you know, selling my t-shirts or promoting a certain enclosure because that's the person that's paying me or whatever. It's never been about that. The From day one, I've said that if this ever felt like a job, I'm out. That's That is always been the bar for when it'll be time for me. And is it coming? I guess maybe it probably is. There's going to be a point where the joy is gone. And I never want to be one of those people that hangs around longer than they should, where I'm starting to do uninspired stuff, where my podcasts are rehashes of old podcasts, or I'm not having good ideas. I remember years ago when I announced I was doing a podcast of, of, of close, ho- I'll say a close hobby friend, somebody I just knew online that had followed my stuff for years, seemed to be a really good guy, came on and goes, uh, you know, honestly, you're really going to be able to keep a podcast going for any length of time just talking about tarantulas. And my answer was no, that's why I don't think this thing's going to last. And here we are, you know, six years in, we'll be going on the seventh year in February. I'm amazed it went this long. Now, before people panic, I, I, I know people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to pull the plug on it. That's not what this is about. I just want people to understand why I do what I do and why it's difficult for me sometimes to feel pressure when I take a week off because then at that point, it starts to feel like a job because I'm thinking about people other than myself. Not to make this sound like it's a selfish thing. I don't think it is. I've exhausted thousands of hours of my time to help folks out with these animals. But when I hear like, and and if you're listening, I don't want to use your name because I didn't ask for your name. If you're listening, I do not. I told Billy about your comment. We were actually on our walk when I received your comment. And she kind of cringed when I read it because she knows how I feel about this kind of stuff. But I said, I understand exactly where this person is coming from. I I appreciate and I I get how much this podcast means to many folks out there. I don't want to sound like I'm sitting there tooting my own horn. I'm not. But I I, that's one of the things I've started to understand about the podcast. The fact you become part of people's lives. They that's morning drive, that terrible time at work, that Sunday where you're doing something. I've had so many stories over the years of how important it was to have that. People that are going through breakups and, and suddenly Tom's Big Spiders is that one constant that they have. And I do appreciate, understand, and am completely, utterly humbled by it, which is why there's been many days where I put myself aside and done this. However, For the folks that are like, hey, can you let us know if there's a day that you're not going to do it or whatever, I guess my answer is going to be no, I can't because sometimes it's spur of the moment and if I have to start letting people know I'm not doing something that I do for the fun of it, now it sounds like calling into work. Now it feels like calling into work. Now it feels like this is a job and I'm not in control of it and that's the type of thing that will make me you know, walk away from it. If it ever feels like an obligation, I'm done because again, I don't have ads on my videos because I don't want money. I don't promote my t-shirts or my stuff because I don't care about that crap. It's no, I'm not interested in it. The t-shirts, when I did t-shirts, it was more the artistic outlet of trying to create these t-shirts and see if I could make some really cool t-shirts for stuff. And then after I put it up, I was kind of excited about it. And I'm like, this just doesn't feel like me. I've never worn one of my t-shirts in my videos. I've never told people to go out and buy my t-shirts or my stickers or whatever. It's not what I'm about. I see it more as like public access television where you're going on to, you know, learn 
learn something or whatever. Not Tom's trying to make money from merchandising or, you know, get free stuff from people. That's not what I do this for. And because of that, because I don't do it to get the free stuff, because I don't do it to sell things, because I don't do it to make money, it's very important that this remains that creative outlet for me that I enjoy. Because if I don't enjoy it, if it becomes a slog, if it becomes a chore, if it becomes an obligation, that's when it'll be time for me to walk away for a while. And again, if I'm being honest with everybody out there, these past several months, both with YouTube and the podcast have been a little more difficult than they've been in the past. A little more, I think part of it is I started writing again, which I haven't done in a long, long time. Now that I've written something, I'm kind of, and unfortunately it's not, I'm still working on the tarantula book. I know there's folks out there probably thinking, oh God, this is it. I'm chiseling away at that because I'm so obsessed about it that I just keep adding things to it. But I did some fiction writing. I'm feeling the itch to draw again. And that's going to be a pull for me because, again, that's a creative outlet for me. Am I there yet? No. If I necessarily mean I'm going to stop creating on YouTube and doing the podcast, not at all, or at least not necessarily. But, again, it's it has to remain a creative outlet for me, and it has to remain something that I do on my terms, which means if I have an off week and I don't want to do something, I should be able to take it off. And it doesn't mean the world comes. I mean, what I would offer to people is pick an older podcast and put it on. Go listen to one of the older crappy ones. They're kind of fun with noise in the background, dogs clicking away, neighbors beeping the horns. Do something like that. Just give me my breathing room if you could, only because if it if I get up one morning and that feeling is there that, oh, here we go, got to do a podcast. That's probably going to be it for me. So I know this is I this is one I'm already looking at going, am I even going to post this one? Because I don't like talking about myself. I don't like feeling like I'm looking for sympathy or, you know, attention. That's not what this is about. Hopefully, what in the very least, what folks will get out of this is how I stumbled into this Thomas Big Spider stuff. How my efforts to find a new creative outlet led me into, well, taking my obsession with tarantula keeping and turning it into a fairly successful website, YouTube channel, and a very successful podcast. Like that's easily the most successful thing I've done as far as the social media stuff is concerned. But I also need for folks to understand that at the end of the day, this is a hobby for me. This is an extension for my of a hobby. This isn't a job. This isn't what pays my bills. This is something I do for the pure fun and enjoyment it brings. I get to talk to other folks. And I can tell you that, like, my reward for this is so if, you know, obviously we've established it's not a monetary thing. It's not I want to be paid for it. And I have folks, it, it drives me nuts because I say, I don't want ads. Well, put on ads. We want to give you my, I don't want friggin' ads on anything. I don't, I, it, that isn't me asking for permission. It's me saying, I don't want ads. And if you're telling me to put ads on it, you're not getting where I'm coming from. The reward for me is one in the actual creation of it. When I'm up here editing a video, when I'm, when I get a podcast done and it's edited and up, that's a, it's a huge feeling of satisfaction for me. When I get comments back or people by the other reward is for folks that come on and go, you know what? 
I just bought this species. I went to your site or I went to your YouTube page or I found a podcast about it and you gave me all the information I needed. I now feel comfortable raising this spider. Thank you. Those are the best comments I can get. I just had a couple on, I did a molting video a while back. People coming on go, nobody's talked about this stuff like you did. You nailed it down here. I feel so comfortable with them. That's what I, that's where I get my satisfaction. That's the currency that I'm dealing in. That is so much more satisfying than some monetary reward. And because I've kept from entwining myself and other companies, I've had people that have a lot of folks lately, the podcast is very, very well in the ranking. So because of that, I get a lot of folks contacting me wanting to sponsor the podcast, paid ads. I don't care. I don't, I, I delete them. I don't bother responding. I want nothing to do with it because I want my independent voice. I don't want to ever feel like, all right, I put in with this company over here, I promoted the heck out of them, and now they're screwing people over, and now I've got to back. I don't want any of that stuff. I want to be able to speak freely. I want to say, hey, you know what? I paid for these enclosures, so I can talk about these enclosures, which is most likely going to be next week's topic, if all goes well. When I talk about dealers, they're dealers I personally ordered from, spent money on, and feel like they will take care of people that I send their way. That's the important thing. So that's why I like to stay independent. That's another reason I don't want to ever do the money thing. I love having the independent voice and have this be for fun. So back to the original point. Hopefully, again, I really, I'm struggling with this right now. Uh, there is one other podcast that I did that I recorded and I felt like I got talking too much about myself and I never put it up as a result because I'm uncomfortable doing that. Because again, this is always, that's always been our motto. Billy and I, we just had a comment last week. We were joking about it where somebody's like, you need to put Billy on more. And we're like, that's not what this is about. And if we wanted to turn into the Tom and Billy show, we do the Tom and Billy show. That's not what it's about. It's about spiders and their care, but that's the expectation when you do YouTube, when you do stuff like this, that people think that's where you're going to go with it. You know, obviously if there's people that want to see that, you're going to do it. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to do things my way. So now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. But anyway, Back to the original comments for folks who are, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, this isn't fake, this isn't phony, I am truly humbled that this silly little pocket, this little experiment that was never supposed to go anywhere has become such an important part of your lives, not just for the spiders, for the consistency of it, and I do try to be consistent all the time. I, I respect that. All I ask is that you respect me and the fact that there are going to be days where I'm not feeling it. There are going to be days where, you know what? I skip out and play family Fortnite, which we hadn't done in ages of my house. We've had so much fun. My kids are such crap talkers. It's like anybody that listened in on our conversations would be like, what is wrong with these people? But it's all love. It was a great time and I would not take it back for the world. So I understand the disappointment, but please understand that on my end, at the end of the day, this is not a job. At the end of the day, I recognize and appreciate my, the, I hate to use the word fans because I never really want fans. I just want people that are like, hey, this guy's got good info, but I get with what I'm doing. Not all of you are, are listening because you want tarantula information. It's entertainment. And I get that and respect that. But please understand that there are going to be those moments and those days where I'm not able to do it and I'm not going to let people know. It could be a spur of the moment thing. And please understand that if I do decide to pull the plug on things, because I think every time I miss a week or something, people freak out and go like, oh, this is it. He's not doing it. If and when I decide the time has come to step away from this stuff, I will let people know. We will do it the right way. We'll do a last episode 
And whether it be, I mean, if it happens, it'll probably be both YouTube and the podcast end at the same time. We'll do a last episode. We'll reminisce. We'll have fun. And then I will always leave the door open to come back. Now, am I at that point right now? I am not. The last thing I want to do is cause a bunch of panic here and have people like, oh my God, Tom Moran's signing off. Not at all. But I did feel like, A, I don't think I'd ever told the whole story and about why I'm hoping this for some folks will help them understand what motivates me on my end because I concede it's different than most of the folks out there that are doing this stuff. And hopefully folks will just have an appreciation for the fact that I'm sorry if you're disappointed that one morning I get up and can't do this. But always remember, I'll be back next week. I've never, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself. I don't think I've ever missed two weeks of podcasts. I've been the most consistent with the podcast of anything I've done. Like the articles, I stopped writing the articles several years ago for the website. I do want to get back to I have so many saved, I have to edit through. YouTube videos, I've taken two months off. I've taken three months off. I've taken a couple weeks off here and there. I've been as consistent as I can possibly be with the podcast. So just recognize I'm not some paid entertainer. I'm not getting money for this. I am a husband. I have a family. I have a grandchild. I do this. I teach for a living. This isn't my how I make my money. So every once in a while, there's going to be a day I take off, and I just hope folks will respect that. So this definitely, again, I'm still toying. This is going to be one of the ones I just, I don't even listen to any of it through. I just throw it up and get it up there. Hopefully... Folks aren't too disappointed that I took a week off and then spent the entire podcast talking about the origin of Tom's Big Spiders. But I do hope for folks who have been around for a while, it kind of pulls all the loose ends together of how I got into doing this and why I do it. For folks who are new, now you know we're a little bit different than some of the other folks out there doing podcasts and YouTube videos where it's literally just some hobbyist that enjoys talking about spiders and has managed to find an audience of folks that like listening to him talk about spiders. That's it. So I apologize a huge for anybody that makes it all the way through this. I apologize. I'm not looking for comments back and like I don't want people to walk away from this thinking this is me hinting that I'm leaving. It's not, but it's me explaining why it's so important for me to not ever feel like this is an obligation that it's have it transcend that feeling of this is something fun that I'm doing to now I have to do it. And so hopefully you understand. So for the folks who are disappointed, truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I do appreciate that. Hopefully this clarifies things a little bit of why sometimes I just need to take a day off, why I, I'm not going to go and report that I'm taking a day off because in which case I'm calling into work, it's become work and I'm done. So that will do it for this one. I don't feel good about it. I hope that people don't find it to be, I hope, I'm hoping people don't walk away thinking, oh, look at this. The guy just talked about himself the entire time. I hope you'll look at my past record with the fact I don't say too much about myself and recognize where this is coming from. Now, for folks who are interested on the on YouTube, I just posted a video featuring my Grandma stole a polkerpies, one of my favorite species ever. I, I do it, I don't like to do the same species twice in the same year. I had rehoused one of my other ones about 11 months ago, but this one needed a new house, a new home, and I wanted to show her off, so we did it. Next week, as far as the podcast is concerned, I'll let we have a couple possible to, uh, topics. One of them, I do want to do something on G. Porteri, G. Rosea, kind of a, a a whole look at this species as a hobby staple, the care for it, and why I feel like they get it. I, I know I kind of handled this a bit in the past 
about you know why they got a bad rap and everything, but I kind of want to revisit it and get them back out there again because I did post a video recently, and a lot of folks were like, man, I always thought these were kind of boring, but this looks kind of nice. We want to kind of get the word out there. I also have a video I've been planning, which if you guys know, I always do the podcast first because I can talk more and then kind of use that to trim it down and make the video on all of the different enclosure types I have used, explaining the pros, the cons. We're going to cover everything. We're going to get into the magnetic top enclosures that everybody and their grandmother produces now. Now, I just I find those things hilarious because there's so many folks out there making them now, and there's a lot of cool innovations happening, but people seem to, it's weird because it's the same way years ago I covered the fact that people seem to support certain dealers the way they would support a sports team, and it, it's almost the same way with these enclosures now, and it's madness when you find out like how they're made and where they come from and everything. So we'll be talking about enclosed everything I've used, pros and cons, and let folks out there decide what they would like to use because I do think the enclosure thing comes up quite a bit. And folks a lot of times like to say, you know, this is the perfect enclosure where it may not be. And we just did one talking about how some of these enclosures they're putting arboreals in, I think are honestly dangerous for arboreals. We're going to talk about some of that as well. So Again, my apologies for spending the entire thing talking about Tom's Big Spiders and myself. That is very uncomfortable for me, and I hope it is taken the correct way and the people thinking I just hijacked it. You know, I took a week off and then came back and only talked about me, but it is important for me to have people understand, hopefully appreciate where I'm coming from with all of the Tom's Big Spiders stuff I do. So that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on where the heck else am I? Tom's Big Spiders podcast. You can find me on Spotify. You can leave comments there. Speaking of which, I haven't been on Spotify for a little bit, so I got to go in and make sure there's not comments over there on any of them that need to be. The way that it works, you have to approve them, and sometimes I forget. Find me on uh, Tom'sBigSpiders.com. You guys know the drill. Have a fantastic weekend. Next week, I promise, we'll be back to talking about either tarantulas or their enclosures, and you guys all have a good one. Stay safe.